Warning. This is a book of wild writing. If you are a woman, please make sure you are up to it. Have you girded your loins? Quelled your hysteria? Asked your husband's permission? It seems incredible that not all that long ago, in Victorian times, there was a fairly common notion that reading could be bad for women. So I feel I should caution you. Any female holding this book may never recover. You might become blind from straining your eyes, and your nerves will certainly become grotesquely jangled from absorbing matters your system is too delicate to handle. If you insist on carrying on with this foolish enterprise, then at least let a man listen to it first, so he can determine which passages are appropriate. Right, that's the health and safety out of the way. This book marks a remarkable moment in publishing history. Half a century ago, the late, great Carmen Callil decided the world needed a feminist imprint, and she founded Virago. It was 1973, and the second wave of feminism was hitting the world stage. Women demanded social and political change, and along with it, they wanted to see their lives celebrated, championed, and reflected in what they were reading. I knew Carmen a little, and can only imagine she must have been full of righteous rage to embark on such a venture. The very name Virago was a signal of a company that was never going to stop challenging the status quo. Strictly speaking, it refers to a heroic, warlike woman. But there are many other less flattering synonyms. Biddy, bitch, dragon, fishwife, fury, harpy, harridan, hussy, muckraker, scold, she-devil, siren, spitfire, termagant, tigress, vituperator, vixen, wench. I long to be a combination of all of them, because every one of those epithets sounds like a woman who would stand up for herself. Attempting to diminish women by name-calling is nothing new. I imagine since humans first vocalised language, there have been those who thought a nasty title might make a woman a tad more docile and deferential, and likely to keep to her place in the cave. So much of it is gendered in subtle ways. Being a mistress is worthy of gossip. A master worthy of respect. A man can swell with pride at being called an old dog, while a woman is supposed to cower at being a bitch. Keeping to my pet names theme here, a man may be a cool cat, which is worth strutting about, while a woman who is catty doesn't deserve friends and ought to stay home. And if a woman carries on being cat-like into her middle years, she becomes a cougar, that terrifying prospect of a post-menopausal woman who still has a functioning libido. Uh, sorry, I need a minute while I think about sex. 
I'm 64. It's still one of my favourite topics. I'm such a slut. A woman of dirty, sovereignly or untidy habits or appearance, a foul slattern. Earliest citation for such usage is 1402, predating citations for either the F word or the C word. I'm embracing it. Okay, I'm back now. Aged six, I felt my first stirrings of feminist rage when, on a rainy day, the boys at school were allowed out to play while the girls stayed in to do colouring. I led my first strike with success and have been trying to change the world ever since.